Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And... Andy Jacobs. Yeah, the mic's gone a bit mad, Andy, but keep broadcasting. Yeah, I will. And uh, this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, a returning chum, Lloyd Griffith, comedian, Grimsby fan, goalkeeper. He was back. He, he was good on good form. form. Yeah. He'd just basically been shortlisted for something very coveted, as you'll discover. Um, also, um, a book on mascots. Yeah, very interesting book. Nick Miller has written a book about uh, the world of sports mascots. He was on good form. I can't even remember what it's called now, so don't ask me next Monday. Oh, okay. Um, we had a bit of a chat about various matters, and also we brought you the clips of the month, and you'll hear them again as well. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And the headline in the Times today, mm. uh, calls for pitch-side reviews grow louder. That means people want to, the refs to use the monitors. And yeah. knowing Mike Riley, it'll be another complete 180, and the refs will spend the whole game watching the monitor just by the side of the pitch. They won't actually be on the pitch. <laughs> actually just stand there watching it on the telly. <laughs> oh, One of the things great. they are talking about, uh, have you seen this, Andy? Something you touched mm. on yesterday when we were talking to Motti. Um, one of the things they're considering uh, is whether managers should be allowed to appeal against the refereeing decision during a game. Coach's so challenge. It could be like a coach's challenge, yeah. Whether that would run alongside well, what's happening at the moment. Both. No, you can't. It would be <laughs> mad, wouldn't it? Of yeah. course. It'd have to be one or the other. Let's... So in, in American sport, they get three per game, do they? Uh, I'd have to check. I've got a feeling it's two per half, but I right. don't know exactly. I'd need to check that. And they lose a timeout. So you'd have to probably have to have some sort of maybe loser substitution. Forfeit for a like. frivolous one. I mean, mm. yeah, but I mean, if you've got a time limit, why why would anybody have a frivolous one? I mean, you know, you're not going to do that for the no. sake of it. Everybody's sitting there watching stuff on screens now on the bench anyway because everybody could watch it. You do it get out. some frivolous ones in cricket, don't you? But And then they lose... Um, you know, they lose the, the yeah. review, don't they? So, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Okay, well, we'll yeah. see what happens anyway. Uh, um, Bruce yeah. Springsteen's daughter is in the news. Uh, she's, she's a, a, a show jumper. Yeah, show jumper. Yeah, very yeah, good one, isn't she? Very good. She came second in the World Cup event, and uh, she also generously provided feed for all her fellow competitors because everyone's got a hungry horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good you didn't night. Quite sell that. Did you? Everyone's got hungry horse. In a way, you slightly undercooked it. Yeah, I really. did undercook it. I know. You got any more horse-based Bruce Springsteen songs, <laughs> yeah. Randy? Go on then. Talksport.com. You'll do well. Text I've been eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TS. 
S-H-N-G. Now, email-wise, mm. uh, as my mum gets uh, on a bit, I she's 88, you know. 88 years young. I know, tremendous. Round of applause there uh, on a quiz show. But she's, uh, she's 88, <laughs> and so I look after a few bits of uh, paperwork and pay some bills and bits like yeah, that for her, of course. Yeah. yeah, a bit of admin. And one of them, I, I keep an eye on her, on her Virgin Media account for her mm. broadband. Oh, she yeah. likes to surf the web. Of course she does. Yeah, she's off on there watching, you know, Spotify and all that, the latest, uh, all the latest stuff. But um, Virgin Media, I don't think they target, I don't know if they've looked at her profile, but I don't know how well they target uh, some of this because she has been invited, my mum, to an, a Marvel Avengers gameplay event. It's perfect for her. Which sounds brilliant. So these are some of the things my mum can enjoy if she gets tickets. She can enjoy um, uh, 30 minutes of gameplay uh, well, using yeah. the best gear for an optimal gaming experience, which would be fun if she knew what an optimal gaming experience was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. An interactive one-hour experience exclusively for her as a Virgin Media customer. <laughs> she can put on Avengers costume uh, and, and, well, and just nice. prance about a bit. There's some great giveaways, which <laughs> yeah, she'll like that. And uh, all of her favourite heroes will be there, that none of which she'll recognise. Or oh, no. Unless they're Superman, <laughs> something from the 40s, or Batman. But uh, they haven't really targeted targeted her that well, I don't think, in, no, their, not, in their marketing not, there. Not so, uh, let me tell you now, if you're listening from Virgin, uh, Nan won't be attending. She won't be coming <laughs> to the Avengers event, but thanks very much for the invitation. And uh, we mm. were just wondering whether this afternoon uh, you've got some other great examples of beautifully targeted... Uh, marketing, whether it was aimed at you, your old mum, uh, or whatever it was. Have you been invited to things or asked to do things or phoned about things that you think, well, yeah, you could have given that a bit more thought. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Don't mess about the listeners, do they? Uh, Johnny Fuller, born to red, red rum. <laughs> the missing link says prancing in the dark. That's good. Uh, <laughs> born in, <clears throat> excuse me. Born in the US, hey, says somebody didn't put their name on no, it. No, it's good shame. Born in the US, nay, yeah. says um, Frank. Um, so good. thanks for all of those. Uh, Talksport.com, well text 81089, tweet TSH and J. That was just off the top of their head. Well Brilliant. done to them. Yeah. Bit grim at Stoke last night. Oh, the, man. Uh, they, well, I mean, the, the idea of getting Tony Pulis back. It mm. kind of felt a bit odd. But watching them defend last night, I saw Danny Higginbotham saying the same thing. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. They defended like drains. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time they got the ball at West Brom, you thought they are going to score. They're just driving a coach and horses through the middle of the By defense. the end of the game, though, so they, all the olays from the West Brom, it was really embarrassing. I felt for the Stoke yeah. player. They just couldn't get near them and they did... It, it's it's sad to see what's happened, how they've declined. It's it's really quite amazing. And they look really nervous, yeah, and yeah. they just they they're not playing at all well. I mean, no they confidence. are they are in trouble. You look at a team, you think, oh yeah, definitely. Oh that. no, they're definitely. If you defend like that against anybody, yeah, it's really weird. It doesn't make sense. I was so bored at one point though. I went for a <laughs> to YouTube. And I found a. When are you going to say then? You're going to no, give no. us a Steve Bruce? No, no. I found <laughs> a, a, a climax of a John Player Sunday League game. In fact, I just fancied having a look at what it was like in 1981, and it's incredible how much cricket. It has changed. Yeah. It's, it, they played in whites. They used a red ball. There were no fielding restrictions. The scoring yeah. rates were about four and over. There were no <laughs> wides down the leg side. And the coverage now is so much better. You know. Oh, yeah. And uh, but, but unfortunately, Middlesex were playing Essex. They needed nineteen off three overs. And uh, they in fact in the, in the end needed four off two overs, and they didn't get it. <laughs> Four runs oh, no, they, two overs. No, it was Essex needed four off oh, two okay. overs. That's right. Oh, actually, no, I've got, I've got that wrong. They, they, they then needed three off three. And uh, Derek Pringle, our old mate, came in. Oh, yeah. And sliced one to the boundary off Phil Edmonds for four. What a mob. It's great for me because I, I can't remember it. So it's like live sport. It's quite <laughs> exciting. It was better than the football. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from Talksport. Delighted to say we're joined by the 39th sexiest man in Lincolnshire, <laughs> and it's not every day. Is it a Monday? <laughs> it could be. It's Lloyd Griffith who's made a welcome return. Good afternoon, Lloyd. Sorry, I'm going to have to interrupt you. 39 sexiest person, not man. Oh, it's I didn't know it was open to everybody. It's absolutely open to everyone. Oh, OK, um, good. I've beaten Rebecca Vardy. Oh, have you? Uh, really? Yeah. She won't be happy. Well, I mean, it's a double whammy for her in I mean, it's not week. been a good couple of uh, few weeks for her, has it? Do you know what I mean? With what happened and then uh, a little fat man from Grimsby is sexier than her, apparently. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I've beaten yeah. Robert Webb. Wow. So there's, really? you know, it, it wasn't impressive. a list I was aware of. No, who puts the Lincolnshire sexy list together? Uh, I, think, I think someone <laughs> with a guide dog, probably. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a weird list, and it's like you don't have to be sexy on the outside; it's sexy on the inside as well. As like, oh, mate, that's, right? that's I didn't want to hear that. Though, did well, you? I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not sexy on the inside. I'm like cutting open a shepherd's pie. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lot of grease. And so where did meat. Nicholas Parsons come into? We were talking the break this before. Yeah, he's beaten me. He's in, oh, in, he's, really? in he's in the twenties, I think. Yeah, um, it is so, yeah. sexy that cravat. Yeah, and the way he just loads his words. He is sensational there at 90. I mean, you'd like to be still working at 90, wouldn't you? He like was, that? I think, Edinburgh Fringe last year or the year before. He was in the courtyard and, yeah. you know, it didn't look at his age at all, just knocking yeah. through. I know. Look You're it. sexier than Emma Dale's Patrick Mower. Yeah. Who put the S in sexy, I he believe, did. in about 1972. <laughs> yeah. With that necklace. Yeah. The le- the, with a leather necklace. Why are you wearing a kind of boot lace tie? Oh, I am <laughs> underneath this uh, Fred Perry shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. Yeah. From my gap here. You're better, you're sexier than Emma Thompson, apparently. Yeah. There he is, Lloyd Griffiths, 39. The Grimsby Town fan has made his name as a funny man. And nothing is sexier than someone who can make you laugh. I, 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 uh, I disagree with that. I mean, yeah. otherwise. Um... Sergeant Leanne Carr, I think, deservedly beats you at number 38. Well, did you see the story from that? No. She's a, a police uh, woman. Sergeant, a, yeah. A sergeant, a police sergeant um, from Lincolnshire, and she went on sick leave and then posted a photo of her with uh, not much on. Uh, no, but two hollowed-out pineapples yes. covering... I, th- I think yeah. I remember that story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is Nicholas Parsons from Lincolnshire? I think so. I think he might be from Sleaford. So this is the thing. I read mm. this list, and it turns out there's a lot of people that have got a link at some point yeah. f- from Lincolnshire. Um, I think they're tedious as well. It's like someone's uncle is from Boston. Emma and they, Thompson's not from Lincoln, is I she? think a great uncle of hers uh, <laughs> was one of the Pilgrim really stretching it, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Jim Broadbent has made the list, of course, the great Jim Broadbent. Yeah, he's higher than me. Very good Bernie Torpin, that's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, Farmer's son from Sleaford, he's on there. Yeah. What about Sleaford Mods? Have they made the uh, Are they even from Sleaford? I thought they are from Nottingham. Well, they possibly are. Just yeah, the fact sure. they call them I just took it they were from Sleaford as I mean they, this uh, list makes no sense whatsoever but it's just nice to be recognised for my beauty once in a while it is lovely so uh, congratulations thank on you. that thank uh, you and you're, you're, in, you're embarking on a tour uh, you're, you're, you're working again with Jack White yeah so Russell. next week I go on tour with Jack I'm doing I'm his um, support for all the arenas so I'll be doing every single date from Peterborough uh, through to Wembley uh, in January so yeah. I think it's about half a million people that will be forming to in, in wow. total so that'd be good four nights at the O2 and uh, two nights at Wembley a couple of nights at Manchester Arena so that's good fun looking forward to that I did it last time um, always enjoyable I'm obviously not going to lose any weight for during those two and a half months <laughs> am I how does he stay so thin it's unbelievable isn't it? he just you know I just have to look at a burger and I put on two stone I, mean, I eat it afterwards does it, is, it, is it because he does look after himself or is he yeah, one of those that fair, can eat anything he does go on a five to ten K run pretty much every day I think oh, really yeah, he's, yeah and I just stay in bed 
The, the interesting <laughs> thing about it, it'd be interesting from your point of view, is that the first time you went out with him, you weren't as well known. No. So, uh, whereas people will be wondering with a pint of the last 10 minutes of your set, yeah. uh, often, I don't think that'll be happening this uh, Well, time. I think it is a bit different. I think that's why Jack wanted to bring me on as well, yeah. because, you know, since then I've done a, f- a few other things. And so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And, you know, it's, it's they are, they're, they're great gigs. It's, it's, it's yeah. not often that you get to perform in front of 10, 15,000 people. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's great doing so. I'll be doing a little bit um, at the top and then a little bit at the, at the end, but I'm not oh, going to okay. give Do too you have much to work differently if, you, if you're like in a small room or a big room or just oh, work yeah. to the care? How does it work? Last night I performed at the Imperial uh, Imperial University um, in just around the back of um, Royal Albert Hall. Uh, 40 people with no microphone. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually harder than doing an arena, I think, because, yeah, uh, well, firstly, I didn't have my microphone because it, uh, it was like an unplugged gig, do you know what I mean? Like, right. Mm. Kurt Cobain. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was weird. And you have to pull on different skill sets, I think, in order to, to be able to perform them. So, yeah, it's very, very different. Um, and then I'm actually going on tour in January. So that's, um, yeah. so I'm, uh, no, February even, uh, with my tour. It's, uh, I'm not just a pretty face. Um, and so I'm going probably like 30, 35 venues, uh, not 10,000 seaters each night. <laughs> uh, crucially, should add that. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing rooms that are the, same, the size of the stage that um, Jack performs on. Mm. Um, but, yeah, going up and down. This is my third UK tour. Last two sold out. So kind of looking forward to, to getting back on there. Been writing it for the last few or four months and uh, won't be doing that material on tour with Jack. Okay. And then I'll be previewing it in January. Is there a bit of a other. theme? Your shows have often had Not really. Yeah. Do you know what I have? In, in, the, in the last, I think I think every single show I've done, there's always been a bit of a theme, a bit of a backstory. Yeah. Whereas this year, I've kind of just gone out there and written written jokes and just let the, let the jokes uh, lead the show, really. And there might be some theme that kind of creates, you know, later on down the line, if something happens on, you know, on tour, like, I don't know, let's just say Taylor Swift comes to the O2, we fall in love, and uh, yeah. then all of a sudden, do you know what I mean, I move to Hollywood, and I don't need to do the tour. Checked out Lincolnshire Live and she's worked her way down to 39. Yeah, and as long as you don't go, yeah, I'll have a bit of him and then sees Nicholas Parsons. Yeah, yeah, Hang so on. That's I guess the worry is yeah, she stops at 36 with Nicholas. Yeah. Thinks he's, he's, but I mean, Nicholas is about 96. Yeah, now. well, I think he's, 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 yeah, so he's, he's busy quite as well. As old as he is busy. He's very busy. Just a minute. We spoke to you before about your choral singing and your fine voice. Yeah. But it says here in the blurb, it says you've got a passion for the UK's finest cathedrals through going to performing, obviously. It struck me that you'd actually could do a really interesting TV show on this. You know, it's kind of you know going around the country. And it's, it's almost like you're in my laptop um, really? and you're in the pitchfork. Yeah, so I mean that's yeah, for it me that yeah for me the dream. It'd be a fun way of approaching. Annoyingly, Tony Robinson um, did the UK's cathedrals a oh, few few years back. So I now need to find a way of linking it with with me. But yeah, so that's for me. That is the the, the I'll retire after that. Can you, you do like a show? choral stars? Uh, kind of like a bit like uh, yeah, Simon Cowell take on the whole thing of uh, like trying to find like the cathedral choir of the year yeah that, maybe Gar- uh, old uh, Gareth Malone might have gone well no because then I'm, I'm literally trying to steal his gig to be fair uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> so uh, if, we can, if we can keep him out of it I like, think yeah. little, little Mix may be doing that as well <laughs> yeah, they've been, now I'm looking at pictures of you here uh, playing golf is this a, is this a new thing because yes. it's become sort of Tarby Brucey yeah uh, in, uh, ensconced in the world of showbiz 
comedian? I kind of want to take up sport, but I don't like running. Um, <laughs> so I've t- I took up golf about a year ago. My ex-girlfriend, um, um, yeah, uh, she paid for me for my birthday thing to go to Glen Eagles, and mm. I had a golf lesson oh, there, lovely, yeah. and I was truly That's awful. That's a tough course, there. Well, I only went to the driving range, to be fair. <laughs> um, but then since then, I've kind of become a little bit obsessed with golf. And uh, It's not a bad swing. I'm looking at your swing. It looks, it looks, it's it not looks bad, pretty is it? good. Yeah, I actually, yeah. last, last week, I went to the, the PGA European Tour in... Um, in Desert Springs. Did you win? Uh, what? <laughs> and um, I, do you know what? And this is this. I, I, we, we went around with a, a pro called Will Enifer, who's sponsored by Puma and Cobra, and that's who, like, I, I, I do my stuff with as well. And he went around, and he's his caddy called uh, Trey Niven, and he just oh, he just gave me a few little tips on how yeah, to how to swing better. Good. And then on the next hole, on the eighth hole at Desert Springs, if any golf uh, specialists are listening, mm. you'll know it's quite a tricky par three. I nearly did a hole in one. Wow. And everyone went Ooh. mad. Did you sink yeah. the putt? I, I did sink the putt, oh, yeah. Well so I birded a par three. Oh, having, and that was like my 17th game of golf, so I was pretty chuffed with that. But everyone went mad because we thought it had gone in, but it hadn't. But that <laughs> yeah. was, I think, yeah, you the best day of my life. You've got the uh, uh, interesting, uh, I'm looking at the outfit. Are you wearing in this one here? The uh, Oh, the pink shorts yeah, and the, the white pink, top. The yeah. pink shorts and the white top. Is that, yeah. is that very much your look? I think so. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, gone for a... <laughs> Uh, Poulter, but with a uh, an underactive thyroid. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like the look I'm going for. And but you say it's become you can become a bit obsessed with it. Well, yeah. do you know what? It's it's that thing. I've, I've I've always wanted to play it, and then it's just knowing how to. And I think actually golf is one of those sports oh, where it definitely grabs you. It, it does grab yeah. you, but also I think it's actually it's quite hard to get into it because growing up in Grimsby, you know, and not to mm. get the violins out, I didn't, you know, I, I, it was just grew up with just my mum, yeah. and she, weirdly she didn't have a set of golf clubs. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't until later on in life that I've found it. I think there are a few barriers to get into it but once you do it's amazing and I started playing and I took Thomas Turgoose the yeah. um, actor from um, uh, Grimsby uh, the second best actor in Grimsby after uh, me and uh, <laughs> I took him around the golf course and he's become obsessed with it as well and it's you know it's a really good little it's, it's a great sport for just getting out there clearing your head mindfulness I mean walking around a, a yeah. park getting your steps up mm. and also at the same time you're playing a bit of a sport so I, I can't recommend it highly enough I am still absolutely appalling playoff 28 38 mm. if they'll let me yeah but you'll does, get better yeah does, does Jack uh, Whitehall play a bit of golf no he doesn't uh, I don't I don't think he does no yeah. but uh, his tour manager does a little bit so I'm hoping to kind of get out on a I'm going to take my clubs in the in the tour bus with me right and then just Rock see if roll. I can yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, yeah, Alice Cooper there. always would. So you know, yeah. did he actually? Oh, oh, Alice, Alice Cooper's Cooper, a Alice brilliant golf. Great. Yeah, golf. I've always yeah. thought we've got a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and any yeah. other comedians you have you played? Are there any other? Well, Charlie Baker. Um, yeah. Off the National Obsession, and also when you two can't be bothered to come in. Yeah. Um, yeah the producer he, had wanted to break before that. Be so happy you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, 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 National Obsession podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Charlie Charlie carry on. He says, "No, do as long as you like." Yeah. Charlie. Plays. Yeah, Charlie <laughs> plays a little bit, so I've been uh, meaning to get out with him. Uh, Carl Donnelly, comedian, he yeah, also plays Carl, as well. Yeah, we Carl, yeah. um, so I think there's quite. A, there's, I'm sure I'm missing a few others that will probably tell me. Oh, John Robbins, John Robbins and Alex Horn uh, have got a golf channel oh, that's called right. Bad do, Golf. That's right, they do a podcast. Yeah, don't and, they? yeah. Um, they're actually very, very good. I mean, they say bad golf. I mean, I don't think they're playing off scratch, but I mean, it's it's entertaining. So if, I yeah. mean, I mean, obviously, I'm here to plug my tour, um, not just a pretty face, but also look at their Bad Golf YouTube channel. Okay, well, look, we're going to have chat more with uh, Lloyd in a few moments' time. Talk a bit of goalkeeping. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Paul Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport. Lloyd Griffith with us in the studio. He is touring with Jack Whitehorn. He's also um, touring under his own steam uh, from February. From February, February, March, April. Yeah. So start in Hull. Yeah. And end in Nairsborough. Oh, okay. The, the, big, the, the big that two. classic tour itinerary. Hull Truck and Nairsborough <laughs> Fraser oh, Theatre. Hull, Hull, Hull Truck, famous. Yeah. Yeah, nice venue, yeah. And uh, just to remind you, the 39th uh, sexiest person in Lincolnshire. Yeah, that was yeah, the breaking news earlier on. Now, um, since we last saw you, Lloyd, uh, y- your team played at the bridge. Uh, we did, a, yeah. In a League Cup match. League Cup game. And uh, it's very interesting. It was great. I mean, it was almost like you should be a politician because you got coated 7-1. You said, oh, you see our goal? I mean, you focused <laughs> on your goal. I mean, it was the best goal of the evening. <laughs> but, he did like, hit it well. It was a great finish. So, it, just in case anyone, uh, it was a, a long ball by James McEwen. Yeah. Not Knocked on by uh, uh, Hanson, uh, James Hanson, and then uh, just volleyed in by uh, Matt Green. Absolute beautiful goal past Willy Caballero, the Argentinian number one. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then it's, uh, we got we you know we did get done did that make seven it two one. one wasn't it two one at the time? Uh, yeah, it was two one. Yeah, yeah and because I think then after that they nearly did they kept was, doing it. Well, didn't they? They put we, it in the, the first, area. I think the first thirty or forty seconds we came at you and we were like going, we can't, can we? And it was at that point where Chelsea hadn't really been that convincing Hadn't that season home. and I was speaking to not to uh, Humble but I was speaking to Jody Moore he's like yeah I mean he's like mate we need this I don't care if it's Grimsby like we know we, we need we need to win yeah, yeah. and uh, so we you know we, there was a bit of hope and at 2-1 we thought oh and then we gave away a penalty uh, annoyingly which then made it 3-1 and then the kind of floodlights gates opened but it was just it, yeah we had a lad called Matty Pollock who had his 18th birthday the week before marking Fred <laughs> who's won a World Cup as he Fred? Fred? 
William. Pedro. Oh, Pedro. Pedro. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Fredro. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyone with a first, like just with one name, yeah, I'm always getting it mixed up. Because weirdly, you don't get that in Grimsby. Oh, have you not had a Grimsby player <laughs> with just one name? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, if anything, they call me quite. John Paul Cameron Makalala. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably like our biggest mouthful. Um, Clive Mendonca. Ivana. Yeah. They've all got two names. Um, I don't think. I think if, if we signed anyone with one name, we'd be like, nah, mate, not for us. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was, you know, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was a good occasion and I uh, drank yeah I'm sure you did yeah. you took 5,000 fans there, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you got a bit of a travelling army and they travelled to on a 12 mile sorry 12 hour 700 mile round trip to Plymouth at uh, the weekend to have the game called off game called oh, off yeah God, is anything worse it's, it's a bit annoying I mean at least we didn't lose I mean, that's been quite nice. We haven't played for two weeks because the game at Cheltenham at Blundell Park was called off because of a waterlogged pitch and then the the stadium issue with with Plymouth because of the high winds. So it's actually been quite nice in yeah. that we haven't had to... <laughs> we haven't lost for the last two weeks. So it's been, it's been the, you know, the only two weeks where my bets haven't come through, but I've been quite happy about it. Have you been uh, playing? Because you're turning out as a goalkeeper. You're playing quite a lot of games. I haven't, I haven't been playing at all. Recently. Okay, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm at me... Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm heavier than Anthony Joshua at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an ideal because I'm five eight and a half on a good day. Depends what uh, wedges I'm wearing, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I've, I've not been playing that much uh, recently because the comedians football play on a Tuesday, so it's literally now. So I, I was either come and plug the tour show and see you guys, yeah. or or play comedians football. So that's why that's why I'm here. So well, we're glad you're here. But uh, you're talking about, I mean, you you have a YouTube channel, don't you? Premier League do, yeah. fan reactions, yeah, yeah. and uh, there's an interesting one in, here in the paper today. This might appeal to you actually. This is a would be YouTube star who's filming herself scoffing over 5,500 calories in one sitting in a bid to become famous. Achana Rowley, 22, will eat anything her 40,000 online audience requests. This is apparently a thing from uh, South Korea. It's called Mukbang. It's a or eating well, show. Yeah, that's the name of it in South Korea. Okay. What does that mean in Korean? Eating show. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just blagging that, <laughs> no, aren't you? Really? I'm not. Yeah. It's, it's called what, sorry? Mukbang. Mukbang. M-U-K-B-A-N-G. Yeah, and, it sounds like uh, something else. Yeah, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, China has so far spent a thousand pounds buying mountains of dishes from fast food joints, um, but she says uh, three weekly gym sessions help keep her health in check. I'm not You'd sure have to, about wouldn't that. you? Yes. Can we get the moose to do that for us? <laughs> <laughs> moose mukbang. We'd all watch that, wouldn't we? Well, really? so, sorry, five thousand five hundred calories uh, per session. Yes. And people watch that. Well, this is I've been missing out on a trick yeah. for the last 20 years, I mean, haven't I? That's a, that's a lot mm. of calories. It's not a ridiculous amount of calories, is I, it? I, Our I, ultimate aim is to do the 10,000 calorie challenge. Yeah. That is that is easy. That is literally <laughs> five, four and a half dominoes because there's two and a half thousand calories in a domino. Yeah. So, uh, Could you eat that? Could I? Yeah, it won't sit in. Elvis's snack of choice, the Fool's Gold, which was the the deep fried French loaf full of everything, peanut yeah. butter, golden syrup, anything lardy. Um, Forty two thousand calories they used to apocryphally. That was imagine what was if in it, it each one. Been healthy. Imagine if YouTube was around when he was there. Yeah, he could have monetized that and uh, made he, a fortune. He, he, he flew. I think it was. It might be somewhere. I can't remember where it was. It might have even been Dallas. But he flew in his private jet to Dallas because that was his favourite place that did them. Really? Flew back uh, and was eating them in bed. And one of his personal assistants, as he was about to start the third, had the audacity to say, "Elvis." Don't you think you should leave the last one? And Elvis pulled a gun on him. So really? that's wow. That's well, you uh, never like to be interrupted during eating. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. So uh, that's the king of rock and roll. That was his take yeah. on. He would have been fantastic as a competitive eater at Coney really? Island, wouldn't he? On Tremendous. the fourth of July, yeah. given the opportunity. Um, Paul says. Paul Brown says. Can you ask Lloyd if he's coming back to Timberton? If he does, does he want a taxi booked? 
Um, I will let him explain. Oh, this I see. To, uh, oh, crikey, yeah. yeah. I did a gig in Tynmouth um, yeah. the, the other week, and I don't think I'll be going back for a long time, actually. Right. <laughs> very, I ended up in the pub with all, all of the crowd, um, about, about 200 of them, really? um, in, in, in the local Weatherspoons, or the, or the spoons are available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> well, not actually all by the same bloke, though, aren't they, really? But, you can't throw that in. Oh, okay. can other spoons and are available. Very quickly, Neil says that you... <laughs> he saw you in Newcastle a few years ago, and really? you did a load of funny facts about cathedrals. Mark. Yes, I did, yeah. I would have done I, I, that was probably either on my tour or uh, when I was yeah. supporting Rob Beckett but yeah, I do I used to do a bit in my set where I if you name any cathedral in England I, I'd tell you a fact about it it's not necessarily a joke but it fills out an hour so because um, <laughs> an hour is a long time to talk yeah. and try and be yeah. funny isn't it so well, I just try and fill it with all sorts of Chooksbury. stuff Chooksbury uh, Chooksbury Abbey it's an abbey so it's not a cathedral oh, well, oh, okay so you're Ely? You ain't got Ely. Uh, nice. Ely, uh, lo- lovely cathedral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, it was built not only as a cathedral, but also as a watchtower and a lantern because you've got a octagonal thing in the middle. Really? Yeah, so actually the, it was a spire, fell down, killed I think about 18 monks, and then they went, right, well, let's make it a watchtower and a lantern. Uh, Chesterfield, you a big fan of that one? It's a church. It's a church. It is, yeah. It's not a, co- it's not a cathedral. cathedral yeah. Even though okay. it's got a spire. Okay, what's the criteria between an abbey, a cathedral and a church? Uh, time? Well, I mean, it's, I'm not entirely sure. I was going to be talking about this on TalkSport. I might yeah. send me Twitter off after this. <laughs> yeah. um, basically, a cathedral uh, derives from the Latin word cathedra, which means seat of a bishop. Yeah. Um, so that is what, so basically a cathedral has a seat of a bishop, whereas an abbey doesn't necessarily have one, right, have okay. a, a rector or, or, or something. Yeah. So that's kind of like the church. Church is just it. a church. Church is just church. Church is a seat of a diocese. Yeah. So okay. um, this won't be in the tour show. Um, yeah, just I'd, in open case with it. I'd open with it. <laughs> I mean, I'll stick it in the middle. It yeah. Unless sleeping. you mention the national obsession again, we've got to go. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I should probably go. <laughs> well, lovely to see you. Thanks for having me. Cheers, and uh, well, people can check you with uh, all the dates on social media. Yeah, and and LloydGriffith.com is where the tickets are and Brilliant. this is the National Obsession. Okay, nice one. Uh, uh, good to see you as Thanks always. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Let's play Have Another Guess because okay. I'm working on the basis yeah. you won't get it right the first time. What uh, does uh, Marcus Rocco drive the Manchester United defender? Smart car. Have another guess. Ferrari. It's closer. Have another guess. Um, one of those McLarens that costs about 200 grand. No, no, 200 grand. No, he doesn't spend 200 grand on a car. That's small change. <laughs> yeah, really. What he's driving at the moment yeah. is an orange Rolls-Royce Phantom. Nice. 360 grand. Uh, <laughs> there we are. Have a look at that. It's an orange Rolls-Royce. That's a lot of money for a car, isn't it? Obviously, doesn't want to get spotted out and about <laughs> in Manchester. Look, it's absolutely beautiful, but uh, yeah. What orange? Well, not kind orange. Of, it's not. It's not great. <laughs> is I'm it? quite a fan of orange. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you see that Colleen Rooney and uh, Rebecca Vardy? They're spat. It's going to be a book. It's been turned into a book, yeah. I know, you think, who'd want to read that? I don't know, I suppose there will be somebody who'd want you to read it. You say that now, you'll be buying a I copy. Be buying we'll be getting copy. the author on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. won't we, yeah. Well, that's possible, really. I think it's a kind of, it's it's not a, an in-depth <laughs> look at, uh, uh, it's a kind of comedy thing. It's a bit of a laugh, by all accounts. Uh, it is called, um, uh, yes, The Story of Wagatha Christie. It's a comedy writer called Lucian Young. Will well, be uh, hurriedly, two people? hurriedly typing that one up. <laughs> Lucy, <laughs> Lucy and Young. And Young. Uh, now, um, yeah. despite running a, a sort of multi-million-pound industry and, mm. and, and owning his own football club, I think, much like um, Alan Sugar, 
they still retain a little bit of the old barrow boy about them. Mm. And that was certainly the case with Sports Direct when they started to uh, <laughs> sell the other day England Rugby World Cup t- winners T-shirts. Oh, dear. So that way that you always <laughs> print them up on the off chance that you could be an earner. That was a very risky thing to do. It was. But what they started to do, they did a half-time, half-price promotion when it was going against England they, they offered uh, people the chance to gamble for a fiver That's for 30 ridiculous. minutes around half time you're able to buy one of these for a fiver instead of a tenner I think it's good marketing yeah Sometimes celebrating early pays off, they said on social media. Show your confidence in England by grabbing our England winners' T-shirt at half-time for half price. Apparently they did say afterwards that they would refund uh, if uh, as South Africa won. But, that, you know, as I said, he's still got it in him, isn't he? He's still got, that, got a touch of the old barrel boy in him. No, he has. Uh, a bloke called Phantom Texter, it's probably not his real name. Probably not. Wrote to the uh, Daily Star today. <laughs> These people are so balmy. Surely Ian Wright will have more self-respect for himself than to appear on the garbage that is the celebrity jungle. And you think, I bet somebody offered you a million quid or whatever it is to do it. You, you wouldn't say, oh no, I haven't got any self-respect, I'm not doing it. It'll be great on there, I think. Of course, I'll write it. I did sense from Match of the Day that he is going on there. Oh yes. Just uh, <laughs> Gary's kind of subtle lines. Everything. Just, I don't know, I just, I just picked up on one or two <laughs> things he said. It was good though. It was fun, it was fun yeah. Anyway, uh, now it's time for the Clips of the Month. Oh, okay. So we've got six for you here, and you'll be able to vote for the winner. We'll play the winner just mm. before uh, four o'clock. We do it all via Twitter. Uh, so at TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. We'll have a, a kind of heats and then a semi-final and a final, something like that. The producer organises it all. But you'll find it there. Go mm. and vote for your favourite of these, and we'll play you the winner once again, your chosen winner at four o'clock and we're going to kick off with uh, Alan Brazil and Sam Allardyce they were joined by the uh, Arsenal goalkeeper Jens Lehmann I think I think it's Jens Lehmann isn't it I think mm, it is I'm delighted to say we're joined now by Arsenal Invincible goalkeeper Jens Lehmann Jens a very very good morning Jens how are you Jens good morning Jens Jens one last question Jens um, uh, Lens uh, Okay, our thanks to Lens Yemen there. What a game that'll be. Yeah. <laughs> Yens, Yens. That's that one sentence where he goes, Yens, Lens and Wens. <laughs> <laughs> What's brilliant. next, Andy? It's Jeff Brazier chatting to a caller on the Jim White show. And do stick with this clip, even though it is a bit technical. Yeah. You can't say some people can run on the pitch and other people can't. Technically, the same rule. Well, technically, just to pick you up, I suppose Jesse March would say that he didn't go on the pitch. He ran down the touchline and met them at the caller flag. I suppose you can say technically he didn't, but technically he shouldn't be leaving his technical box, should he? So you're you're, yeah, you're not you're not for it at all. No, but but then technically a fan could jump over and not technically run on the pitch, but just technically run on the line. And if the players are just you know are technically off the pitch, the fans could jump on top of the players and be celebrating. And technically, you could say he didn't actually get on the pitch. Yeah, big technical. It but, was. Uh, I think it was worth sticking with. Uh, this is Alan Brazil again discussing <laughs> yeah. Ali McCoist's route home. Where are you flying from today? Heathrow. Uh, why did you do that? Why not City? Um, because of an, an earlier flight, flight from Heathrow and that extension rebellion right, mob. You scared the flying. That's, <laughs> that extension rebellion mob have got me. Yeah, extension rebellion. I love extension rebellion. They super glued themselves to Ali's dormer. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Just had it all done as well. It's like a proper four metre one. Lovely job they made of it. Beautiful brick built. Lovely. 
Alan again here with or a glass backed. Yes, why not? Alan again with a surprise revelation about an England debutante. We'll talk to Michael Dawson, his old PE teacher, um, Tanner Mings. He would have been very young then, Tyra. He would have been about... What's Dorse? He's got to be in his sort of mid-30s. Yeah. But Tyra Mings would have been about an eight-year-old uh, well, PE teacher. Good, yeah. Probably even younger than that. <laughs> uh, Clive Tildesley now at uh, Everton versus West Ham. Lanzini will take the corner from the right-hand side. Quite a big West Ham side now with a Yeti on the field too. I don't know, you get away with it, do you? How do they register a Yeti? It's good in the air. <laughs> Fantastic. And After everything that went on with Carlos Tevez. And finally, it's Georgie Bingham on the weekend sports breakfast during a music quiz. I don't know how you do what you do. Oh, God, you're giving me country so music. What's wrong with you? with you? It just keeps getting better. Is it Garth Crooks? I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> thank you, Georgie. She actually gave us that clip herself, didn't she? she did, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what's your favourite? Uh, Big Allen, Jens, Wens, Lens, uh, Technically, Extension Rebellion, uh, Tyrone Mings is Michael Dawson's PE teacher, a Yeti at the back, or Garth Brooks slash Crooks. Um, go along to at T-S-H-N-J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Uh, we'll be putting up the heats very soon. You can vote for your favourite. We'll bring you the winner at four o'clock. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We have in front of us Nick Miller's Dance Like Everybody's Watching, the weird and wonderful world of sporting mascots. And uh, Nick's joined us in the studio. Hi, Nick. Hello. It's uh, it's great fun, the the book. Um, and uh, you've you've gone through some of the the world's great mascots. I mean, it, it couldn't have been easier to have... It couldn't have been easier to narrow these down, I wouldn't have thought. There are... Around the world, in various different sports, there are thousands of the things, each kind of weirder and wonderfuler than the last. Is there, is there one sport that has the best ones? Would you say is the best? Is there is American um, sport, British sport, Japanese? A, a sort of American college sport mm. has quite a lot of um, odd ones, partly presumably because they're kind of allowed to, to be a bit weirder. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but also uh, Japanese sport, they absolutely love a mascot in, in Japanese baseball, Japanese football. Um, yeah, they, they're... Because they're very playful in Japanese and they like toys and things like that. So you could imagine they'd, they'd go for that. I, I love the dedication at the start of the book, though, because I think this is right, really. You say, to the women, men and women who put on giant Muppet suits, who sweat under six inches of felt when it's 35 degrees, who are mauled by kids hopped up on sugar, who pose for endless photos taken by frazzled parents, who get stuff thrown at their heads and have to be cheerful the whole time. To the mascots. I think mean, that's brilliant because that is basically what a life of a mascot is. Yeah, uh, sort of sweating underneath this suit as, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, for, for our entertainment. Thank you, mascots. They're normally kind of uh, oversized, kind of freakish characters generally or sort of various animals, but then occasionally you get club mascots that are real people and they're weird because you can't hide behind that that head, can you? You've got the city gent in there yeah. uh, at Bradford City and, of course, we've got, we've got the Pompey Sailor and the Everton Toffee Lady. Yeah. Now and again, it's a real person. Imagine you feel quite exposed. Well, yeah, I mean... and. Unless you're a certain type of character, you can't really kind of do what a, a mascot tends to no. do. If you, you know, if you, if it is your own face rather than an enormous wolf or something that you've got <laughs> in your head, um, when when no one knows who you are, you can it'll be a little bit freer. You can you know do whatever you want to do. But you know, this uh, uh, as in the book there, the city gent. Um, did it very well. It's not just illustrations. You tell little stories uh, as well about the kind of origins of the mascot. And there's often quite funny stories around them and things that have gone on uh, in, in the various sports as well. Mm, yeah, well, well, one of my favourites is there's a, um, a mascot for an American university called Big Red yeah. who um, 
in a roundabout way sued Silvio Berlusconi. There was um, a, a a mascot appeared on media set that the company that mm. Berlusconi I think used to own doesn't own anymore. Um, who bore a striking resemblance to Big Red, and the university brought a lawsuit against the Italian company. Wow. And brilliantly, Big Red travelled over to from Kentucky, I think it was, travelled over to Italy to kind of support the lawsuit, gave a press conference, uh, but unfortunately didn't manage to successfully sue uh, Silvio Berlusconi. I, I remember <laughs> one year, though, the, Man United winning the title, and the players turned on Fred the Red, but it got a bit out of hand. I mean, they really well, they kind of jumped pummeled him. into him, wow. I think, because... People think because you're wearing that stuff that somehow it's not going to hurt if you get a punch in the head, but I'd imagine it would. Well, I used to work with a guy who was inside the um, the lion, the uh, Millwall lion, mm. and he was taken out around one of the local shopping centres by one of the Millwall uh, staff. This was years ago, like 20-odd years ago. And uh, the member of staff was a bit peckish at lunchtime and went off to uh, to buy a burger and left him sort of standing there in, in the lion outfit. And some local lads who were having a sort of lunchtime break sort of set upon him just for fun, for that reason, thinking, it's great, you could, you know, you can give a bit of a shoe into a mascot, they won't feel a thing. He said, oh, yeah, you could feel everything. Oh, yeah, you bet you could, so, yeah. you know, it's only so much padding. Yeah, it's not yeah. armour. No, it's not armour. <laughs> Absolutely It's a nice picture here of Gunnosaurus, or Alan Smith, as we like to call it. He's in there. Oh, only kidding, Al. He's in there somewhere. I I, I work for a podcast called The Totally Football Show, uh, Mm. and uh, on we were talking about the mascots uh, on the show last week, Mm. and uh, Lindsay Hooper uh, was on, and she was talking about she knows the man uh, who plays Gunnosaurus. It was all very kind of mysterious and intriguing, and I just thought it was odd. You know, when you occasionally see the mascot wearing the suit but without Mm. the head. Yeah, uh, they've taken the, the head off so that you, you, it's just a bloke with it's, it's who is dinosaur from the neck down, but a bloke from the neck <laughs> up. Some of the people uh, do uh, gain a kind of notoriety, though, as as people that people know who's inside the suit. They get a little bit of uh, get a bit of publicity, don't they? Now, I'm not sure that's a good thing or not. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it can kind of um, it can sort of spill over into real life. There's there is something in the book about. Um, uh, there was a, a lady, I, f- I actually forget the, little, the woman's name, who played um, the Doncaster mascot. Right. And uh, she was invited uh, to pose for some slightly risque pictures, um, not wearing the, the mascot suit, obviously. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the, not the, even the head? Not even the head, no. <laughs> and the, um, that would have been unsettling. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Doncaster weren't happy about this at all, and she she was she was sacked for for posing for these pictures. Wow! Thankfully, sense prevailed, and she was uh, rein, reinstated. Reinstated. Like, when mascots go bad is one aspect, and uh, we have to talk talk here. Mm. I think we're contractually obliged because Gilbert the Gull is here, and uh, somebody once inside the Gilbert the Gull outfit used the very worst of swear words. The up, the uh, worst swear word. That's the worst. Word. The worst one you can possibly come up with, yeah. really, uh, and a bunch of them to boot oh, to to some fans. Yeah, some fans who are giving him stick, I suppose. Oh, dear. Reminiscent of the Granite Jackets uh, yeah. incident. The, but worse. The, but very much worse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at his uh, legs, though, Gilbert. You can actually see his own real legs. They're a man's legs. Yeah, that's, that's not a good, that's that's not just good a real is it, lack really? of detail. There's not a lack of detail that has left Torquay <laughs> in the National League, I would I, I would say, really. Yeah, for those listening, to the, the, the goal has... Uh, it's kind of goal from the kind of thigh up yeah. and then is wearing... Football shorts, just and socks. a football kit, so you can see a man's knees. It's very, yeah. very strange. I had to commission once a mascot's outfit for Stato, 
yeah. Angus oh, Lockhart yeah. on Fantasy Football. And I, it, it was made for me by the woman who was the Coventry elephant. She'd made the costume That's and was the... Horrible nickname. Well, oh, I, you mean she made, she made the suit, you mean? Yeah. Oh, OK, sorry. OK, right. <laughs> yeah, I think she's still doing yeah. it. But, you know, okay. Who, who knows? The um, yeah, there's there's other ones. I always come back mm. to Harty Harry. I don't know if he's still at Hearts, but he was um, he was kind of this hybrid man mascot, and he was like uh, too tall to be a man, but not quite tall enough to be a mascot. He was a bit scary looking. That does sound quite unsettling. <laughs> yeah. are, I mean, some some of the, the the mascots in the book are genuinely terrifying. There's one called the King Cake Baby. Who, oh, yeah, uh, that is horrible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, uh, it is quite difficult to describe um, if you can't see a picture of him, but he kind of looks like a sort of nightmarish doll. You know those yeah. do- dolls yeah, yeah, that yeah. kids have that you can change the nappies and everything? Just like a like a sort of eight-foot, shiny, giant <laughs> version of those. That's not good. Which is uh, oh, it's genuinely the stuff of nightmares. There really is a lot in here, and uh, this, this one's interesting, the city gent. Oh, we just who, talked about that. Oh, sorry. I, didn't, I, <laughs> I think you were looking through the book. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I don't blame you for that. It's, a, yeah, it's an got, absorbing read. You got stuck yeah. into the book to the point where I did, we, you I didn't, didn't realise we talked. To, now I'd say the most freakish, probably. We have to thank Partick Thistle for this, and and also uh, David Shrigley, uh, the Turner Prize shortlisted Scottish artist who mm. gave us Kingsley, which is probably the most freakish of all time. Even the American uh, College can't deal with that. Really, that's amazing. Yeah, Kingsley uh, described, I think, by Irvine Welsh as looking like Lisa Simpson after a meth binge. Yeah. Which, <laughs> This, this, this kind of true, looks like a kind of like a, yeah. a, a startled sun, yellow, big, kind of um, spiky bits coming out of the head and a, a horrified expression on its face. Steve Bruce said the other day that uh, he likes to read on the toilet. And mm. I know that's you didn't you didn't know that 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 image will now never leave you. Yes, uh, I was told that told yeah. about this yesterday, and yeah. I uh, I barely slept since. I think <laughs> I think it should be if you ever remember like the Richard and Judy book club sticker. Uh, I think it should be a picture of Steve Bruce on the toilet because this is a, in the nicest possible way. This is a great toilet read. It absolutely is. This would be the perfect endorsement if we can get um, a picture of Brucey reading. <laughs> Maybe not reading on it book. on you know on <laughs> the the toilet. It, but you know, well, you but could, just to have that, just the that, top so that, that yeah. stamp, that <laughs> the fact that Steve would would sit there and read it on his toilet is is I think praise. It's something to aspire yeah. to. In fact, the, the the first picture that uh, a friend sent to me uh, of the book, kind of in the wild, was on the shelf in their bathroom. See, that's good. That's what. There's nothing wrong with that. Bad, um, and uh, you mentioned Lisa Simpson there. Of course, were you tempted to put in Homer because he was once the mascot for the Springfield Isotopes? Of course. Yeah, yeah that's right. a terrible pummeling. Yeah. <laughs> But it's great fun. We really enjoyed it. And so it's published by HarperCollins. It's out in this kind of small format, as we said, perfect for the lav, perfect for Steve Bruce. I mean, read it elsewhere. Don't don't focus on that solely. Um, (laughs) It's uh, available at $9.99 at all good bookshops uh, and also Amazon and everywhere else, I take it. It is, yes. And and Steve, if you're listening, give me a shout. Yeah, give me a shout. We'll get those stickers done. And who's your football club and who's your mascot? My football club is Nottingham Forest. Our mascot is quite boring. Mm. Uh, it's just a kind of, it's a, a sort of a Robin Hood um, mascot. We used to have a, a, a character called Sherwood the Bear, who was at least, he looked like a mascot. He was furry. Yeah. He, was a, he was a great big bear. But now it's just a, a bloke who looks a bit like Robin Hood. You've still got uh, Stanford. Stanford. Stanford's still there. He yeah, fell yeah. on me once, him, me it? and Garth Crooks. We were standing in Stanford's the tunnel Stanford's got a girlfriend now. I can't remember her name. You, go, you put the work in, Andy. You've got to remember her name. Oh, he nearly fell on us. It was quite Bridget. a shock. Crooks, I was talking to Crooksy, and then suddenly we saw he was up the top of the stairs and he started to fall backwards. And, you know, you, a, a full-size lion like that 
lands on you. Thankfully, though, uh, uh, yeah, tragedy was averted. Um, <laughs> best of luck with the book, Nick. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you very uh, much, for Nick me. Miller. There, the book is called Dance Like Everybody's Watching: The Weird and Wonderful World of Sporting Mascots, published by Harper Collins. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Just time to bring you the winner of the Clips of the Month. And uh, with 68% of the vote, thanks to everybody who voted, it was uh, Alan Brazil and Sam Allardyce uh, talking to uh, Jens Lehmann. I think that's what he's called. Let's double check. I'm delighted to say we're joined now by Arsenal Invincible goalkeeper Jens Lehmann. Jens, a very, very good morning, Jens. How are you, Jens? Good morning, Jens. Jens, one last question, Jens. Um, uh, Lens, uh, Okay, our thanks to Lens Yem in there. What a game that will be. <laughs> Wens, Yens and Lens. Three men in one. Thank you, 68% of the vote there. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We return tomorrow with uh, Martin Johnson, uh, rugby legend, winner of the World Cup back in 2003 and the brilliant impressionist. Always great to see John Coleshaw. So until then, have a fine evening. Thanks for downloading us. Been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.